Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of Psalm 46, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, every few years, or multiple times in the same year every few years, we get shaken by the natural disasters in our world. In 2004, there was the Indian Ocean earthquake, lasting only 10 seconds, that resulted in a tsunami that killed an estimated 200 to 300,000 people along the shores of Indonesia, Sri Lanka, South India, and Thailand. Many bodies were never recovered, and it's very likely that they were sucked into the sea. Millions were left without a home. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina killed nearly 2,000 people and affected some 90,000 square miles of the United States. Even today, they still struggle to rebuild. In 2010, there was an earthquake in Haiti, resulting in 200,000 deaths, 2 million people homeless, and 3 million people in need of emergency aid. In 2011, there was another earthquake resulting in a tsunami that hit Japan, It was responsible for the death of almost 16,000 people, with 6,000 people injured and 2,000 people missing. What you might remember it for was the near-nuclear disaster, when there was a partial meltdown in three reactors of the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant, which is the second-largest nuclear disaster after Chernobyl. In 2017, Hurricane Harvey hit Texas, causing around $180 billion in damage. That's more than any other natural disaster in U.S. history, with the exception of the largest estimates of Hurricane Katrina. Right after Harvey hit, Hurricane Irma left behind a trail of destruction in the Caribbean and Florida, causing around $100 billion in damage. We may easily forget But those affected are not as quick. In our Old Testament reading today, the psalmist writes, We will not fear. Now listen to his meteorological report. We will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. No fear. What an awesome message. We have just completed the Help for the Hurried Life series. Some people lived hurried lives out of fear. Fear that if they don't do everything, they will lose control. Fear that if they don't do something, others might perceive them as less than successful. Fear isn't this new idea for 21st century people. Fear is what happens to anyone when they lose sight of a loving and providing God. Fear was even present at the time of the Reformation. It was front and center in Martin Luther's life before he discovered the abundant, generous love in Christ. Luther was afraid of God. He struggled and wrestled under the burden of guilt, afraid of a punishing God. He felt he could never do enough to please this demanding God. So Luther devoted his days to intense examination and strict discipline. One time, his father confessor came to him and said, Martin, 
What is troubling you today? Is it true that you have spent 18 hours in the confessional this week? Luther answered, Yes, because if I don't confess every fault, God will not forgive my sin. If I miss even one detail of where I have fallen short of God's perfection, he will never pardon me. Later, his father, confessor, said to him, Martin, stop torturing yourself. Don't you love God? Luther said, No, I don't love God. I hate him. He was afraid of God, so he hated him. One time, recognizing his fear, Luther said that the one thing he longed for was to know, even for an instant, that God wasn't angry with me. He was afraid. Do you find yourself afraid? Afraid that things are out of control? Afraid of your future? Afraid that you won't get it all done? What are your fears? Are you afraid of God? I'm not sure many people are afraid of God today. Unsure, indecisive, even opposed? Yes. But afraid? Not likely. Instead of being shaped into the image of God, we have made God into our image. We have demoted him to a likable, easily pleased, happy-go-lucky, hold-out-your-trick-or-treat bag and he will put some candy into it, God. Yet this God is the one of whom the psalmist said, He utters his voice, the earth melts. You are in the presence of a holy God, not just here in this sanctuary, but every day of your life. A God who is holy and demands his people be holy in every aspect of life. You are in front of a God who demands perfect obedience, not just the best you can do. The Reformation was not about reducing God's standards, but it was the realization that what God demands of us he gives to us in Christ. It was understanding that the holy God who demands holiness covered himself with our filthy, dirty, unholy lives and died for us to make us holy, cleansed by his blood. Have you ever seen one of those adjustable basketball hoops? You know, the kind that has a base you fill with water or sand? You can adjust the height of the basket so when kids are younger, you keep it lower because that way they can dunk the ball. But God doesn't lower the hoop. God doesn't say, oh, just try your best. He demands perfection from the start. So what do you do when you feel like a tsunami wave has hit hard, a, a hurricane has stopped to pay a visit, or your world is shaken by some earthquake? There's only one thing to do. This is what the Reformation was about. What you do is cry for help. Those stuck on the roofs of New Orleans buildings, they waved and shouted for help as helicopters flew past. They cried for help, hoping to be delivered. Cry for help. You will not change your hurried life unless you know you need help and you seek God's help. You will not find God's peace unless you cry for help and say, God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. 
You cannot rescue yourself. No matter how hard you try or how hard you work, you can't do it. What Luther learned is that when it came to his relationship with God, this was not about God helps those who help themselves. God helps those who cry for help and trust in him to deliver. In the gospel reading, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent! He called for the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. And God has given us the Holy Spirit to bring us to faith and to lead us to repentance. So we admit our failure. We admit that we have allowed hurriedness to separate us from God. It has caused divisions in our relationships. So we cry for help. We recognize our trouble apart from Christ. We cry for help. When you cry for help, you will discover God is your help. The psalmist said, God is an ever-present help in trouble. Say it with me. God is an ever-present help in trouble. God is an ever-present help. He is always ready. He doesn't say, I'll be there in a moment, or, well, when I have the time, or, give me a few days and I'll get there. He is ever-present, right now. Other psalms say, he is our help and our shield. And where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Then as you heard in the New Testament reading from Hebrews, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. He is your help. What do you need help for right now? Not only does he provide help, but he is your help. It's not that you do 90% of the work and he makes up the difference. He does it all. One of the dangers that we wanted to avoid in this last month was to give you seven steps to remedy a hurried life. What we want for you is the best. And the best is Jesus Christ and knowing him. God has taken the steps to bring you what you need. Those steps took Jesus to the cross. God does not just show us what to do or teach us what to do. He becomes our help himself. The help he brings is his declaration that through Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. You are made new. You are made right with God. Maybe you don't feel that way at times. You wonder if God is going to give up on you because of your past. If you blow it again, will God walk away and divorce you forever? Remember, he demands perfect obedience. But what he demands, he gives. You have been declared right with God. And Paul writes in Romans 4, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. To the man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. Abraham was a liar. He tried to fix his problems by himself. He had a sexual relationship with his servant. He did nothing to deserve such a declaration. Nor did you. But Christ did everything. Because of his death and resurrection, he has declared you right with God. He is your help. This God who has declared you right will stand by you in any difficulty. God will help you. Psalm 46 verse 5 tells us, 
God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Let's understand this verse. It was usually at the break of day when attacks were launched. Under the cover of darkness, armies would get into position, and when light came, the assault commenced. When you are under siege, under attack, God is there. God will help. Ever have one of those days when you get home late and all you can think about is what you didn't get done that day and all the things you have to do the next day? The problem here is that we are looking inside ourselves. We've heard too long. Dig deep inside. Look inside yourself. Martin Luther came to understand that it was not about what you feel on the inside or about looking inside yourself. It was all about looking outside. Learn to look outside for your help. Look outside and see the cross upon which Jesus paid the penalty for sin. Every sin you have ever committed. Look outside and see that through the cross you are forgiven. Look outside and hear the announcement from Christ. It is finished. That's God's to-do list. Nothing is left undone on God's to-do list. It is finished. Luther longed to experience the love of God. He did. It is checked off, not left incomplete like many of our to-do lists, with things from months ago still to accomplish, but finished, purchased, won. It doesn't mean that God still isn't is not working. But it means that everything is secured. Your forgiveness, your salvation. There is no doubt about it. God is our help. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.